0: You can do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, thank you.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Have You Seen. I'm, I'm a very croaky Tom Webb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm a very headachey Kieran Fort. so we make a fine pair today. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Tom's brought us an extra guest, he's brought a frog in his throat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will apologise in advance for my... Um, terrible sounding voice even more so than usual <laughs> we shall
0: uh we'll soldier on yeah
1: yeah you may occasionally hear me slurping lime juice and honey in hot water so. oh he didn't make me a lime juice and honey <laughs> in hot water that sounds quite nice um before we
0: started i had a little note okay uh i've been looking at our stats right uh, uh i can means by the magic of the internet uh and via our our internet wizard alexi means i can see where people are downloading our our stuff right okay. and we're not just uk we're all over the place
1: oh, well, i've got a
0: list of the countries that people have downloaded our, our oh, podcast really? in. oh cool yeah ready yeah people who love lists are going to love this we have been downloaded in australia belgium canada china Colombia, cyprus egypt france germany gibraltar iceland indonesia iran ireland south korea new zealand romania sri lanka switzerland taiwan united arab emirates and the usa Oh, perfect. That's quite, that's it's like the World Cup first round. <laughs> it,
1: absolutely. It gives you a lot of, lot of movie fans around the world. Uh, if, you, if you are one of our, I suppose, foreign listeners, internationalists international the Internationalists,
0: yeah, um, derogatory.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, <laughs> I assume. Uh, if you are an internationalist, do get in touch via Twitter or Facebook. Um,
0: but preferably in English because I can't read Indonesian well, that's or true. Iranian. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and let us know if you've seen any of the films we covered. Uh, or if you have any recommendations, uh, that'd be awesome to hear.
0: In the interest of preserving your voice, let's pile on.
1: <clears throat> okay. Well, in that case, then why not you give me a rest and uh, we'll start by talking about TT3D. Okay. Um, I'll quickly say okay. it's a documentary about the uh, motorbike road race on the Isle of Man. Um, it's incredibly dangerous; people die every year. Uh, basically, they they interviewed like a handful of the top riders and went along to I think it's 2010. Uh, Event and um, basically, this is just the story of that event and the characters that are there. Um, and they're a weird bunch of characters that take part. So, let's see what Kieran thought about it.
0: They are indeed a weird bunch of characters. Um, the weirdest of them all is definitely Guy Martin, yeah. Who, yeah. um, now you you set me something of a challenge last week, I did, yes. You suggested that I watch this with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, who is not British, she's Canadian, and yep. she would provide kind of an outsider's perspective, absolutely, on yeah. the, on the yeah. British eccentricity. I actually watched the film twice oh okay I watched it by myself Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next night I watched it with her but not telling her that I'd watched it the night before and I was kind of watching her reactions
1: (laughs) so when
0: she when she finds this out which will be in two or three days time I'm probably going to get a slap excellent I look forward to seeing the bruises thanks (laughs) she's only got little hands right um yeah, the weirdest of the lot is definitely Guy Martin, yeah. uh, who she described as looking like a scrawny wolverine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> He's all hair and sideburns and yeah. smile and stubble and yeah. just like just a stringy little man. He is, yeah. Um, both viewings, we had to have the subtitles on. Really? I can't understand him. Interesting. He speaks too fast. <clears throat> right. He's got a very thick, is it a Yorkshire accent? No, I don't think it is. Uh, I don't oh, know Midlands. where it's from. Midlands. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say water instead of water before. Oh, I have. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know some weird people then. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he he is just – there's something that's not connecting in his brain. You no. were right about him being just stream of consciousness. Mm, absolutely. Um, he can be very entertaining. Yeah. But we had to have the subtitles on. <laughs> um the bit I nearly wet myself when he called uh, when he called, uh, Barry Sheen a legend of like motorsport, yeah. uh, a lager shandy drinking Southern pufter <laughs> yeah. because he didn't like road races. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think, did you, you either mentioned on air or off, I can't remember the steady cam scene where he spots yes, the arm yeah. of the Steadicam lying yeah. around and can't believe that it costs
1: £14,000. Yeah. And he's showing it to his dad yeah. that, and uses some language that I can't use here. No, I remember watching that. I, I went to in the cinema in 3D and the entire audience, apart from my wife and I, were bikers. Mm. Um, and the, the, and to be, I was really pleased to see the cinema was absolutely rammed. Mm. Um, and when that scene came on, I was the only person that laughed I think because <laughs> I, I got what they were talking about because of my film background Yeah. Yeah. He's um he's like
0: a Christopher Guest character. Absolutely. It's like it's like watching an actor ad-libbing. Mm. Uh, just the bit where he's talking is it the engine maker he's talking about uh, he nearly got his dog to talk <laughs> yeah. and I was like what no that's the kind of detail that
1: you'd expect Michael McKean to come out with in the middle of Spinal Tap yeah. but what I like is the way he's a throw line, line he's just like yeah I nearly got my, he nearly got his dog to talk and he kind of goes he thinks about it he goes Nearly, almost, <laughs> not quite, but nearly. Yeah. And then carries on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Something we both noticed as well was uh, he was much easier to understand when he was in the hospital and heavily sedated. <laughs> yeah. Because then he slows down and actually forms yeah. complete sentences. Mm. But he just talks and talks and talks yeah. and. You can see how he gets himself in a lot of trouble. Absolutely. Like the the bit where he's trying to get into the paddock without a pass. Yeah. And just takes one off the guy coming out and passes it back to him through the fence in full (laughs) view of the security guard. Uh, And getting in trouble for riding his bike, his race bike through the town. Yeah.
1: And all yeah. of that kind of thing. Yeah, I can imagine he's a right handful. I, well, the way I... Um, I've been trying to get my parents to watch this film. Mm. Um, and I, the way I've mentioned him to them before, I don't know if they'll remember, but I said to them that he's like the really naughty kid you have in a class that you can't help falling in love with like as a teacher. Yeah. Because you know they're just going to make trouble and just be silly and do stupid things. But actually, it's incredibly entertaining and funny to watch. Yeah. But you I, bet, I bet he's on. an amazing rider and an amazing Absolutely. mechanic. yeah, yeah. But he just can't function on any other level. No, no.
0: No, just uh, the scenes of him and his, his mate casually discussing masturbation in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just I don't know he's a very very odd man yeah. um, he was described to me as certainly a portrait of British eccentricity yeah. uh, but uh, she said she saw the other subjects of the film more as genuine racing enthusiasts and really liked right. the engine maker yeah yeah yeah. Um,
1: you do meet a couple of people kind of <clears throat> uh, spectators or marshals and that kind of stuff yeah Um I think there's at one point they're interviewing a guy and he's a marshal or he's a, he's a, a, a or something or other. And, and it takes you a while to notice he's only got one arm or like, or, yeah, or one hand. Yeah, he's the the sidecar guy, isn't he? Is yeah, that yeah. him? No, no, no. Or the guy with the hook.
0: The guy with the hook. You see, the guy with the hook was fine. It was the other guy, the sidecar right, yeah, racer who, yeah. who'd had this tremendous mm. accident. Yeah. Um, And he's just casually talking and casually talking with Mm. his sidecar in front of him, is how the shot's framed. And it's only when he says,
1: Till I have by accident, that you notice the lower half of one of his arms is missing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I mean, the the accident he's talking about, I think it was a hare or a rabbit ran out and hit the sidecar and just totaled it. Mm. Um and then the following year he was back. He wasn't riding, but he had his own race team. Yeah, he now has the team and yeah. he's,
0: he's like the, the team coach for lack of a yeah, better term. Yeah,
1: yeah, kind of team owner and stuff like that. And then but on the front of that bike is a sticker of a picture of a rabbit with like a line through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Airbusters. <laughs> exactly. I think that's just kind of the mentality they have. Yeah. Um the 3D aspect of it
0: interests me now. Obviously, right. I didn't see it in 3D, no, I kind of saw it in two and a half D. So, I watched it, yeah, well, I watched it in HD on the Blu ray right, at home, and then I watched it on DVD right, okay, the next enough. day. Um, which really made me appreciate the advances in, in uh, high yeah. definition technology yeah. once I watched it on a DVD. Um, I don't really understand how they did the 3D because it all appears to be shot on little Sony A1s, which are kind of like small.
1: No, it was shot on uh, it was shot on red ones. Really, for for a lot of it, Um, all the slow motion shots. uh, There there are some that aren't. I think when they're running around in the paddock, Mm. where all the all the mechanics are and things, or races are going on. They they do have small yeah uh, small cameras, and they did the three D in post. Yeah, the stuff the on bike stuff they did in three D in post. But Mm. all of the helicopter shots, I think uh, most of the interview setups and that kind of stuff, all shot on red ones Mm. with three D. Well, two of them stuck together kind of in a stereoscopic thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, intre- what, what is really interesting is one of the best standout 3D sequences is a series of stills that have been post produced to be 3d
0: is that guy martin yeah his explosion yeah, yeah i he, love sorry i don't i don't want really to cut you off i love uh, the bit where they're talking to the paramedic afterwards yeah where he's like well i saw a fireball it was like a the start of an action tv show and i bent down to pick up
1: my box, and when i stood up about waist height guy martin was flying past me <laughs> yeah absolutely and that i think the distance between the explosion and that marshal was about 100 feet or something stupid i know he crashed at like 170 miles an hour yeah yeah it is phenomenal but what they did was that someone had their stills camera on a repetitive shutter, mm. so they almost had like a stop-motion effect. Yeah. Um, but they really separated it out in the 3D. Mm. Um, so you have this fireball that starts coming out of the screen with then bits coming out of that. Mm. Um, and it worked really, really well. It was a real impact. But the main way they used the 3D was to, <clears throat> not as a gimmick, but as a, a way to get your perspective in relation to the riders if you were a spectator sure so all of the shots that were shot from the side of the road the 3d has been measured out so that you mimic the distance of an average spectator away Mm. from the action and that's when you realise how close you stand. Well, the bit that got me with how close people stand
0: is there's a Mm. shot of two people just standing in their front garden by the fence and then a bike goes whizzing past 150 miles an hour.
1: And I think in that shot... And they're just standing there with cups of tea just watching. Well, I I was filming um, some interviews at the premiere for this and I actually had to do a little edit for it afterwards. And um, I had one of the clips on on my edit suite and there's a shot where you, you have a static camera of a church yeah and you hear the bikes coming mm. and coming and coming and coming, and then you just see these blurs mm. go through shot those blurs are on on uh in the frame for approximately three to f- three to six frames mm I mean, that's how quickly they're moving across. That's, like, that's not even a quarter of a second. Exa- really. Yeah, it's, uh, the speed of those bikes is phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: and ridden by just some utterly crazy people.
1: Absolutely, And but like I say, the 3D really added in certain ways. Hmm. Um, I don't think it was necessary to tell the story. I can no, see absolutely. how it would have enhanced
0: things. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't necessary as part of the documentary, yeah, I don't no, think. Yeah,
1: and I think that's to the documentary's credit that it really holds up. With effectively taking away what people could call a gimmick, yeah. Whereas in actual fact, it does add something, but you you don't need it. it mm. It's a very difficult thing to describe. Mm.
0: I will say I like this better second time around. The oh, first really? time I watched it, I I lost the thread. Right. There was a whole bit in the mm. middle that kind of mm. I felt it dragged. Right. Um, Uh, mostly because I couldn't understand Guy Martin without subtitles, Mm. and I didn't care about any of the, for lack of a better term, supporting cast.
1: Yeah. That's the trouble with Guy Martin, is that he does kind of overshadow... He completely dominates. Yeah. Uh. Um, Which is a shame. I mean, the other writers are all technically brilliant, but they just don't have the charisma, really. I did wonder if
0: hutchinson should have been the one that was followed as he was the one that eventually broke the record and got yeah. five victories back to back but yeah. his voice is so light and fay and yeah. he's so camp you can't yeah. believe that he is this yeah. amazing rider yeah uh, there were yeah.
1: points where i just cracked he sounds like an airline steward he does and the, the one of the things about him was, just uh, offended lots of airline stewards And uh, the um and ian hutchinson yes please don't run over me the um the reason Guy Martin features so heavily is he was the one who just let the cameras roll. Like yeah. the, the others I think were a bit less interested in having interviews done and they didn't quite like it so much. Yeah. Um and and I think it just came down to the, the uh, Martin just doesn't care. Yeah. They just I think it was just the story they found in the edit suite if, mm. if that makes sense. I don't think they went in particularly with any one person in mind. Mm. Um, um I'm oh, going on. oh, one more person I was going to talk about. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of in relation to the 3D. Mm. And that's Connor Cummings. Yes. And his crash.
0: That that was a, just unbelievable. Yeah. Where he effectively just goes shooting off a cliff. Yeah. And he comes off the bike and you couldn't you couldn't set up a stunt like that in a film. He no. comes off the bike and goes through a sign himself and then yeah. tumbles do- off the tumbles down
1: this hill. The one thing that struck me was watched a, a ton of low-budget action movies. Yeah. And you know that moment where someone gets thrown off a hill or a cliff and it cuts to a wide shot and it's a dummy falling down. He, and you yeah. think, oh my God, that looks so fake. I mean, yeah. look at the way it's flailing about. Yeah, And you watch this footage of an actual human being. And he's flailing about he's, like a dummy. Yeah, because yeah. he's completely unconscious. Yeah, And his body is just, it's just momentum and tumbling. Yeah, He's hitting barbed wire fences, dry stone walls the ground rocks as he's bouncing down this cliff or was it he broke his arm in four places and his back in five yeah I mean good god yeah Um, you watch that and it's terrifying when you see it in 2D Mm. and when you see it in 3D and you've got that depth of how how he's falling I mean it really takes your breath away you think you're watching somebody die yeah Um, it's amazing that he didn't Mm. what's even more amazing is he rode again in the 2011 TT he was back the next year. Yep.
0: Oh boy!
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I, it, some it's, people need their heads examined. I, yeah, it's truly
0: unbelievable. Um, now we talk about like the low budget action movie thing. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of it. Yeah. Did you have you read the credits? No, I haven't. There's a stunt coordinator credit. Oh really? Why does a documentary need a stunt coordinator?
1: I'm trying to think if there are any bits where. Oh, I bet I know what it is. Mm. <clears throat> there are shots they've got. Of, they've got close-ups of Guy Martin, Hmm. which they use to illustrate the the race, and I bet those were filmed afterwards. Yeah, I did wonder if the big helicopter shot
0: of him coming around the mountain and going—he overtakes two people—that was in the the race. Yeah, that looks like a setup. It does, but it's not. Which what's what made
1: me wonder if that was shot. No touched. no there you do there are some other things it might It is be, an amazing shot. It is an ama- yeah. Um but there are other moments where they've obviously got a vehicle on the road with the bikes. Yeah. And I I'm not even sure if they they try and pretend it's part of the race. Um, so there is a montage of him just riding. So it might have been just <clears throat> Yeah. For that, I think but... I think it is that because because they were travelling at such speed. They probably had a stunt coordinator. Mm. Um just I th- probably just for legal reasons. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um
0: I think overall, um, I think my girlfriend enjoyed it more than I did. Okay. Uh, um, I thought she might, she
1: seems to be a bit more of a petrol head than you. Yeah, definitely.
0: Mm. Um, but I'm looking at it from a filmmaking perspective. Right. Um, uh uh she she said to her untrained eye it was a very slick production mm. uh although i feel it had an espn sunday afternoon special written all over it mm. between the massive monster energy ads and practically uh all the built-in ad breaks i felt like it was produced for us tv
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah there and are. she's
0: right it is slick mm. and it looks great there's some amazing shots mm. in it. the slow motion stuff of so the bikes cresting yeah. the hill the helicopter shots and all the mm. rest of it they look it looks really impressive yeah um yeah, she liked it more than I did, uh, uh, but we both agree it's no senna.
1: No, it no, doesn't absolutely. have the emotional yeah. impact of senna. No, it doesn't. I think. I mean, and I think senna's a very different story. Mm. It's a very different sport as mm. well. Um, like I said, I think this is just. It's, I don't know. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's kind of a bit of fun. You might die, but who cares? Yeah. Whereas senna is like this is the pinnacle of motorsport. We're very serious. Yeah. We're gonna, you know, and it's it's more serious. Yeah. Uh, Not to detract from the skill of these writers. Oh, absolutely not.
0: No, 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 no. Um, And the horrific injuries they endure. Absolutely, yeah. Um, But I think it's good, and I recommend people watch it, Mm. but if you're expecting another Senate, you're not going to get it. No, no, no. And from a filmmaking perspective, Mm. it smacks of this is the best story we could get in the edit room.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But then I think going into an event like that is going to be very difficult not to do that because yeah. I think that obviously that's what Senna has over this is that all of that footage is twenty years old, mm. twenty five years old. I think is that right? No, can't be that right.
0: No, that? not quite. Fifteen, no, twenty no, no. years you, old. Your, your illness is affecting your. mind. yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> Fifteen years old, twenty years old. Um, and 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 Senna had a writer, Manish Pandey, so he he kind of wrote the story, and then they found the footage to fit it. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is why it has such a cinematic feel to it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean.
0: Mm. No customer feedback this week because because um, I forgot to get it. Okay. Um, so, shall we move on? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to make you do some talking. Brilliant. I'm going to make you talk about Children of Men. You are, yeah. Um, uh, you've got my notes over there. Can I have them so uh-huh. I can do the plot synopsis again? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, okay. We wouldn't wouldn't want people to think we were getting too professional.
1: So where are my notes then?
0: Brilliant. Tom's forgotten his notes and he's stolen mine.
1: No, I had mine.
0: We're so well prepared. I'm going to leave all this in, by the way. Fine. You're going to have to cut the next bit because I'm going to go and find my notes. No, I'm going to sing like I did last time. What shall I sing? I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to subject you to that again. Um, I will do a plot synopsis while Tom's out of the room. Uh, It's 2027. Uh, Human females are sterile for an unknown reason and the youngest person in the world has just been killed. Uh, there's heavy anti-immigrant sentiment, and uh, Britain is virtually on the brink of anarchy. Clive Owen uh, plays a man called Theo, who uh, he's I don't I'm not sure what he does, some kind of vaguely unspecified job. Uh, but his cousin works for the government, and he's approached by his ex-wife, who's the leader of like a, a terrorist resistance cell, uh, to use his government tenuous government connection to procure uh, passing papers for a uh, for a, a young refugee. And the twist here is that that refugee is pregnant. So uh, Tom is back in his seat. Uh, He must have run to get his notes and come back. And uh, we'll see what he has to say
1: about Children of Men. This film really frustrated me. Okay. Not just Clive Owen. No, no. I thought that was the case for quite a while. But then I came to a different conclusion. Okay. Um, It's very well made. Alfonso Cuaron directs it really well. Like you said last week, he's very assured. Yeah. You know, the cinematography and everything is brilliant. The special effects are incredible. Um, They reminded me a little bit of um, that really low-budget film Monsters. um, Okay. Where they do a lot of sign replacement and stuff like that. And it's very subtle, very small visual effects that have a big impact. But very well integrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely seamless. Um, In fact, when he walks out of the coffee shop at the opening of the film... Hmm. My immediate thought was, "Oh, this is the universe that Blade Runner is set in, but like a century or two centuries earlier." Okay, you can kind of see that's the way society is evolving, Mm -hmm. or not. (coughs) Um, It's it's uh,
0: it's Blade Runner with a recession, kind of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: What really drove me mad from the start was Clive Owen and Julianne Moore just completely bland and because they're so bland it's really difficult to engage in their characters and what they're going through
0: I can understand that
1: um so I found it really difficult to just engage in the plot which is a shame because it's a great idea for a film Hmm. it's Um, based on a novel yeah by P.D. James Mm -hmm. yes um I kept thinking to myself, I wish they were played by Daniel Craig and Angelina Jolie. (laughs) Why Angelina Jolie? (laughs) Because I just think she did that role really well. I was trying to think, what woman is of that kind of age who could play a kind of science science sciencey kind of rebellious person? And she was the immediate person that sprang to mind after going through, well, not immediate person. I was trying to think of someone and I really couldn't. And then I stumbled on her. I thought, actually, she'd be really good.
0: First choice for uh, Clive Owen's role, I believe, was Daniel Craig. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: Uh, he would, he would, he would have made this film watchable, um, and there was lo- there are stuff I like about it. I'm a big fan of sci-fi that is set in the real world, real science yeah. sci-fi, um, and this was very much shaping up to be my cup of tea. But the thing that really, I, I, for most of the film, it wasn't until I finished the film, during the film, I was just like, this film is not doing it for me because it's Clive Owen and he's just sucking the life out of it. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that's all I could think and then afterwards it hit me what it was that I really didn't like about it mm-hmm. and I realised <clears throat> the story arc to this film is the B story right the A story which they don't even talk about or barely is why is she pregnant and how is she pregnant yeah for me that's the story the story should have been those people trying to find out why Mm. why this had happened and then the background to that should be that revolutionary kind of uprising okay interesting because I found that as soon as it went into socio-political drama I was just like I'm really not interested all the scenes in the farm with Chiwetel Ejiofor and all that kind of rabble rousing and yeah, oh, yeah the baby is our symbol or this kind of stuff I was just like I'm, I don't care about that yeah Um I just want you want help. more science yeah I, I just want to know why she's having a baby yeah and that, that was the the major question in my mind. Hmm. So uh, that's what really frustrated me because I was just like there's a brilliant story in here there's a brilliant sci-fi film in here it could and with Alfonso Cuarón doing it and the cinematographer and the techniques they've used and Daniel Craig it could have been amazing <laughs> it could have been an absolutely brilliant film. Um, Do you feel
0: like you got the straight to video version instead? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um my wife said something interesting, which was, uh, "It's like three films. Mm. Um, you've got the science, the sci-fi film at the beginning, mm. with all of the special effects and integrated special effectsy bits. Mm. Then you've got the political drama in the middle, boring bit. And at the end, you've got you're sitting there watching your husband or boyfriend playing Call of Duty." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and I, I kind of I kind of see what she means. She compared it to Twenty Eight Days Later mm. where you've got two very distinct halves of a film that don't. Which quite, I haven't seen yet. It's not very good, I don't like it. Okay. Um why was that spring? So, I don't know. Alright. <clears throat> um yeah, so bits of this film I really like, bits of it I mm. really didn't. It didn't it just didn't do it for me, and I was really I suppose in a way disappointed because I could see what I think, would have been really Mm. great. right? really, really great. Um, I watched a little documentary about how they did the scene in the car. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is a technical triumph. Yeah. And I'm amazed it's not used more often.
0: Yeah, you think they still have the rig knocking around and people will be banging on Alfonso Cuaron's door (laughs) saying, can we borrow it?
1: Absolutely. It's a brilliant way to shoot a scene in a car, Mm. even if it's just a dialogue scene. Yeah. That's such a, it's so, I mean, if we can find that, Online somewhere and post it. I did. I posted it in the link dump last okay, week. Fine. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's well worth watching that because um, technically that is really interesting. Mm. And I like I like the idea that they they went out and they did these huge long takes where they had to time everything perfectly. Yeah. I think it, that really adds to things. It really worked well. They are cheated. Both of the uh, both really? of the standout <clears throat> takes are te- cheated. Yeah, right. the
0: uh, the car scene is um, uh, six takes shot over three different locations. Okay. we've added cg elements right so like the biker that slams into the front yeah as soon as he hits the windscreen he's replaced with the cg model uh right. and there's some other thing mm. like the the roof is entirely cg as yeah well. it would have um, to be yeah. uh and the the battle mm. one was i can't remember it was three or four takes done in two different locations <clears> and right. the only reason they didn't retake it again is that the cameraman convinced Alfonso Cuaron that it was fine that blood had splattered on the camera lens and please can yeah. we not have to reset it again. Because yeah. it took two weeks to set that up wow. and then to reset oh. everything yeah. took something like four or five hours.
1: There was one plot point actually in that massive <coughs> long take at the end. Mm. Sorry, I'm getting a bit squeaky. It's all um, right. It's entertaining for me. <laughs> brilliant. Um, is that they're going through this massive battle effectively and the army charge in and then one of the soldiers sees the baby and is like, don't fire, don't fire, don't fire, and they're just allowed to walk out. Yeah. Why doesn't any of those soldiers go, hang on a minute, why don't we take these people to our superiors like we probably should? There is that, but I can also buy that but nobody's seen a baby for 18 yeah, years. Yeah, I can understand there'd be shock. Yeah, but they pass a lot of people, and you think one of them might go. Hang on a minute. They and do, but
0: there's a whole lot of kind of Christian allegory in here, yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: I kind of I didn't really I didn't really go Forsoothed, out of my way it to. Is a miracle. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't really go out my way to look for that because I don't. Well, I'm no, not, no, no, no. I'm not a particularly religious, well, I'm not a religious person at all, and I'm not particularly well educated in christian religion i know yeah. what you get towards at school. So i think so i yeah. wasn't going to kind of read it into that that much um but yeah it does seem a bit a bit kind of weird on that level hmm. um and the other thing is that, like, every time they re- they refer to the refugees as fugees yeah and every time they did it oh, i think it was that awful killing me softly cover <laughs> um, not ready or not yeah <laughs> i know and um and uh, one of my notes here, I'll, I'll read you is uh, just when I thought I couldn't dislike Clive-, Clive Owen anymore, he puts on a pair of flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazing! There's nothing worse than Clive Owen in flip flops. Absolutely. Um, I think the uh, <clears throat> the highlight performance is Michael Caine. Yes. Um, that's so different to everything you've ever seen Michael Caine do yeah yeah and absolutely brilliant at it as you would expect
0: wacky little hippie yeah, yeah. He, he's really really good mm. I, I thought
1: he just he absolutely nailed it mm. and um it's kind of uh, it's kind of a shame he can't come along for the
0: ride exactly but exa- that then becomes yeah. a very different kind of film it if does, he does yeah
1: because he's he's kind of the comic relief yeah um and, uh, and it, it might, you know I, I think he just did a, a really really great job of it um and if you're a fan of Michael Caine, it's probably worth watching this film just to see him in it. Yeah. Um,
0: no customer feedback, but I do have a, a listener review. Mm. Uh, Pete Zappia sent me a three-word review right. of uh, Children of Men, which was awesomely depressing fun.
1: Right, okay. I didn't think it was depressing. Um, it's, not, it's not a particularly funny or joyful film. But no. But um, I was just more frustrated and annoyed that it wasn't the film that it should have been. And damn you, Clive. I in, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, let me see how you do with what I've got for you this week. Okay. This is probably going to be the shortest pitch ever. Okay. Um, It's called Buried, right. and it's Ryan Reynolds in a box for 90 minutes.
1: Okay. I, that's your trailer. pitch. That, oh, that's it? That's all you're going to do? There's no point. The, it's one of those films
0: where the least you know about it, the better. Okay, um, fine. <clears throat> who he is and mm-hmm. why he's in the box is revealed over the course of the film Right. Fair um, right. I will say uh, it was shot in 17 days yeah. in sequence mm-hmm. for less than 2 million dollars in a studio somewhere in Barcelona Right. Um, and it's a calling card for everybody involved Right, I uh, think it looks great. Yeah, uh, the cinematography. We talk about cinematography a lot on yeah, this on this show. Uh, the cinematography is great. Mm. It's well directed. Uh, I have it's, to say before you carry on. Yes, is um,
1: <clears throat> having seen the trailer for this, and I think I have seen a clip from it. Um, my immediate thought was, how do you, how do you get enough interesting shots from inside a box to sustain 90 minutes. So I'm quite intrigued to find out. Well, yeah, maybe we'll cover
0: that next week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that, talk. I, again, another thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, is the technical aspect of how, how this was done. Yeah. Um, but I, it's a calling card for everybody involved. Okay. Uh, particularly um, uh, the writer, I think. Um, because it um, I think it's very well paced. Right. And kind of very well, very well stitched together. Okay, um, uh, is definitely a calling card for the director, mm-hmm. and it seems to have worked because he's got another film out this year. His oh. first film since doing this, <clears throat> uh, right. and for that he's managed to get Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, who's that? <laughs> Robert De Niro, Cillian Murphy, and Sigourney Weaver. Oh, right. So somebody must have been impressed. with Yeah, him. absolutely. Uh, and it's certainly a calling card for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, because I think this shows that he can do much more than be the Green Lantern or Sandra Bullock's love interest. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I really enjoyed this. It's tight, it's tense, Mm. uh, it's borderline Hitchcockian. Right. Um, It's interesting
1: you said that because, remind me again how many Hitchcock films you've seen? Absolutely none. You've seen absolutely no Hitchcock films? Absolutely none. Which is brilliant because that's what I'm going to pitch you today. Excellent. Good. Go for it. (laughs) Um, I have been thinking long and hard as to what Hitchcock film do I pitch to you first? Okay. Okay. like many people I'm a massive fan of Alfred Hitchcock. Um I'm not one of those people that thinks everything he did is a work of genius. Mm-hmm. He did make some pretty awful films.
0: Everybody has some bad days. Yeah.
1: Um but there were quite a few films that I was just like oh that that's just brilliant. I'll, you know. So I was like oh should I should I pitch you North by Northwest because that's that's a great that's a great thriller. That was one of the things that created the thriller template that's so brilliant. I don't no. Well maybe I'll do 39 Steps because that's even earlier than north by northwest and that's a fantastic thriller as well well and he thought, had a lot of films he made twice well yeah and i, I kind of thought oh well, what may psycho the obvious one but then yeah. i thought well you've probably seen that parodied so much it's probably mm. not going to have the impact that it would have done um which might be not the best starting point mm. um and i thought well you know vertigo lots of people love it but it's not one of my favorites i probably couldn't do it justice in a pitch. And Strangers on a Train is another one I really like. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going through them all. And I was like, I just don't know what to do. And then I stumbled across the bun. I thought, this is perfect. Because it will be very difficult for you to pull a plot hole in it, I think.
0: Okay. That's
1: not a challenge. Damn it. It's got a very technical aspect to it that I think you'll appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yet that technicality drives the story. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's something I want to talk about. There's lots of stuff I thought, oh, we can talk about this, we can talk about that, but I can't because I can't talk. Okay. Um, So lots of the stuff I was going to include. So give me the plot and the title and we'll we'll go home. So the film I'm going to pitch you is Rear Window. Okay. Made in uh, 1954, I think it was. Might be 56. Um, Stars James Stewart as a. um, He's an action photographer Mm. and um, he gets his leg broken, confined to his house and to amuse himself <clears throat> he stares out of the window
0: mm. and today this would be called iPad he,
1: yeah, yeah he um he starts to th- get the impression or get the feeling that one of his neighbours has murdered his wife
0: right his own wife or his neighbour's wife the neighbour has murdered his neighbour's wife or the neighbour has murdered James Stewart's wife no no no
1: the neighbour has uh, murdered that neighbour's wife okay alright All right. Mm-hmm. yeah um It's a a really, really great cast. Hmm. Uh, James Stewart is obviously the linchpin of the film. His uh, love interest is Grace Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the only other two people that really interact in this film are the insurance nurse who comes to give him his back rub Hmm. and make him a sandwich, and his mate who happens to be a detective who just thinks the whole thing is rubbish. They're the main people that talk and speak, but the supporting cast extends way beyond that. Okay. Because the way this film was made is quite intriguing. They got a warehouse and they built James Stewart's flat at ground level. They then excavated down (laughs) and out. Yes. And they built um, an apartment courtyard that was 98 feet wide. 185 feet long and 40 feet high. Mm -hmm. Uh, 31 apartments, eight of which were completely furnished. (laughs) Uh, The courtyard set was 30 feet below stage level. Mm. Um, So it feels like he's a few floors up. Yeah. Um, Why not just build his set further up? Well, because of the height of the ceiling. Yeah. And because of getting the crew in and out, because you've got to imagine this is a 1950s film, they don't have the compact cameras that they have not and all the lights. Hmm. Um, And speaking of lights, to to create daylight, they just put a thousand arc lights (laughs) over the top of the set.
0: So essentially, an artificial sun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It probably feels hot as an artificial sun as well. They
1: they had they also had a neat little trick. They could um, they could switch it from night to day in 45 minutes. just because of the way they set the lights up yeah Um, everything apart from one sequence which I won't go into detail here is shot from James Stewart's flat Mm -hmm. or apartment as the Americans would say Um, and we do have American listeners yeah Hitchcock stayed in that apartment spoke to everyone else via radio and they wore uh, kind of flesh coloured earpieces so he would direct people from afar Mm. Most of these people, you you never see them in a Mm. close-up. The main neighbour that is the suspect is played by Raymond Burr of Ironside and Perry Mason fame. Yes. Um, So you have him and his wife uh, who are in the flat kind of opposite. Next door to them is Miss Torso, who's a ballet dancer. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's always dancing about and has gentlemen suitors around? And uh, mm. there's, a, there's a, a newly wedded couple off to one side. There's a, there's a, a musician composer who's trying to compose his latest song, uh, who's played by Ross Bagdasarian, mm. uh, creator of The Chipmunks. Yes. Um, and then down. I saw his name pop up in something else mm,
0: recently, like, yeah. I, like in the credits of an old film, and right. I only knew his name as the creator of the Chipmunks. I thought it can't be the same guy, but there can't be that it can't be that yeah. many
1: Bagdasarians around. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Um, so there's there's him. There's Miss Lonely Heart, who's a spinster, who will cook herself a meal, candlelit meal for two, and enact it out on her own because mm. she's got no one to share it with. Mm. Um, And there's another couple uh, that have a little pet dog who, who, uh, when it's hot out, they sleep on their fire escape with the the alarm clock tied to it and stuff like that. So it's this this crazy, weird cast of people and neighbours. And you see it all from James Stewart's point of view. Um, Technically, it's a brilliant film. Hmm. And... I mean, the whole film is set up in the opening long shot that you see that pans around his apartment. Um, You you could probably watch that one shot and and know what this film is about Mm -hmm. and how he got there. Um, I think that's all I can say. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're... uh... Um, We'll talk more about Hitchcock in depth when we do the review. Sure. uh, Particularly. Um, But I think you are like this. I hope you like it.
0: Good. It's about time I had an introduction to Hitchcock. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Now I've got no excuse. Absolutely. Um, I can't get out of it. So, you're dying at the other end of the table. Oh, if, you the, if you throw me the sheet with the oh. plugs and the thanks on, I'll do it and we'll, uh, I'll let you uh, go home to your oh. loving wife. Thank you very much. Okay. So, if you'd like to communicate with us, especially if you're from one of the countries that's not the United Kingdom, yeah. you can do so uh, by Twitter uh we are at HYS Podcast. we're on facebook uh, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast we have a blog bit.ly 8y h oh. this is why he usually does it we have a blog bit.ly hyspodcast and also email which is hyspodcast at gmail.com uh we should do our usual round of thanks as well to upbeat productions for the use of their studio For Chapter Media for their uh, technical assistance and um, they make nice cups of tea. Uh, And Alexia Mum, who makes the best cups of tea of all and provides the most technical assistance while looking like a wizard. (laughs) 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 Poor Tom, I think, is completely out of steam at the other end of the table. So I shall wrap this up and uh, say goodbye. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye.
1: Bye.